Welcome back, my beautiful gemsters, to another segment here. With me today is Juan Taveras, and him and I are going to dive into a powerful conversation. So if you are a note taker like me, I suggest you get your pen and your paper or pull out your phone and let's take notes. But before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about Juan. So Juan Taveras is a people-oriented human resource and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which is DEI Consultant and Leader Coach with 17 plus years of experience designing, orchestrating, and championing inclusive workplace initiatives that foster psychological safety, strengthen organizational alignment, and increase engagement. Juan began his career in the hospitality industry, managing hotels and restaurants, 13 years ago, y'all, he transitioned into the nonprofit sector where he held HR leadership roles at various organizations. Last year, Juan and his wife co-founded DEI ProFinder, a public online directory for DEI consultants. Juan's unique blend of experiences and passions for the human resources profession make him an ideal partner, y'all, for any leader looking to bring out the best in their team members. So if you know the song, bring them out, bring them out. Let's bring out Juan Taveras. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Genesis. That was an awesome intro. Um, really appreciate it. And so, so excited to be here. My pleasure, Juan. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're going to be diving into DEI because that's one of my favorite subjects. But before we dive in, you know how I like to do on my show. I always like I to give my guess a chance to warm up to the audience in a fun and personal manner. So we could do that by a rapid fire 10 question game or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Yeah. So I gave this a little thought and as, as an HR professional, I geek out on icebreakers. So let's do that. Okay. So y'all were breaking the ice with one. <laughs> so your question is, with you being a DEI consultant, what is one of the hardest questions you had to answer, but you also had to answer it openly and honestly? Ooh, good question. So one of the hardest questions I have to answer. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, a, it, and it's less of a question, it's more of a, it's pushback on on sort of DEI programming or or the general idea, right, of, of implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy in the workplace. And it's about, it's essentially like, what about me, right? Like if I'm not a person of color or if I'm not, a, if I don't identify with any of the marginalized groups, where do, where do, where do I belong or where do I fit in? Like, and I love it when I get that question at first, I'll be hundred percent honest. Uh, it's nerve wracking to, to be put on the spot like that because, um, part of at least the way that I do this work, I want to honor people's experiences and and their humanity and their dignity, right? Um, so I struggled with how to answer that without potentially offending someone. But but the more I do this work, the more I realize that it is it is this this work is it it really is about all of us um oh. and and everyone finding their their space and uh having their voice heard in any situation. Um, 
so so then I flip I sort of flip the table when I answer that question now and I say I, I I ask them for an example of a time that they even though they're not part of a marginalized community or might not identify as as a person of color um I I I am certain that they have felt excluded at some point in their life so I take them back there so it's like tell me about a time at any point in your life middle school high school college wherever <laughs> uh uh, the playground anywhere you 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 have lived um that you felt excluded right and 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 how did that feel and and what were what were some of your thoughts and what what do you wish would have been different in that situation and uh and i feel like that creates some common ground for us to start these uh, sometimes challenging conversations about identity and what's going on in the world today yeah, I like it. And another thing that um, I would do sometimes when I get that question is ask them, well, since you're not a part of that group, how can you become an ally for mm -hmm. those that are within that group? Because you may have, you know, the chance to go into rooms or sit at the table where those individuals may not be. So how can you speak up for them on their behalf without saying something that you think they would say, but yeah. by joining the conversation with them. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because when I wrote my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace, you know, of course, we were like, why the name Chocolate Drop? And, you know, I talked about some of the things I went through being in the oil and gas sector for 12 years, which is a mm -hmm. predominantly Caucasian male dominated field. Yep. And just, you know, also being first generation American, having my father was from Curaçao and my mom is West Indian. It's sometimes those conversations are so hard and some people are saying, oh, they're difficult conversations. I was like, why don't we call it courageous conversations? Mm -hmm. Because it takes courage to, you know, open your mouth and engage in a dialogue like that to bring more people to the table, which I love the work that you and your wife are doing because y'all started the DEI Pro ProFinder. So let's talk about what made y'all start ProFinder and what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome yeah good question uh so the the idea was born from a challenge that i was facing as an hr leader um at my previous employer or my last employer uh because i am uh, an entrepreneur on my own now uh as a consultant um Congrats. thank you it's, it's it's been an exciting year uh but so as an hr leader i was i was uh charged with developing a di strategy and you know, DEI uh, has been around for a long time, so so I I, I knew of the topic. I, I had a, a very good uh, felt comfortable with it, but I didn't know. I I I never <laughs> considered myself an expert, and still don't. Um, so to be put in charge of a full strategy, I knew that I was going to need help. Um, so I started reaching out to my network for folks uh, who do do this work: DEI consultants, um, trainers, uh, strategists. Um, and it was really hard. I was I was surprised by how challenging it was just to get information about folks, um, let alone you know uh, do do deep research into like who who is best for the work that I'm that I'm trying to do. Um, you know, I made it work. We 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 put some stuff together thanks to my network. But then I realized not everyone has a network like I do, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I I also started hearing stories about people that started initiating some strategies. Uh, but then didn't those strategies didn't take off and then they dropped it, right? So like mm -hmm. they just stopped doing the work altogether. So I said, okay, there has to be a better way for 
uh, more resources out there for people that like that that were in those in that position that I was. Um, so my wife is a clinical psychologist, and oh, she, nice. she, yeah. So so that's how um, we get we have a lot of great conversations about this at the dinner table. But but she has a private practice, and she lists her business on PsychologyToday.com. So I was venting to her one afternoon about some of these challenges. And she just kind of, it was a throwaway comment. She's like, why does, does, uh, does a psychology today exist for DI consultants, mm. like a directory site? And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. I don't know. So I started doing that research. And uh, to my surprise, there really wasn't anything quite like a directory. There's some, a handful of lists out there that you can come across, mm -hmm. but, but sometimes you have to pay to get access to those lists, or it's a list of like the top performing consultants, which means for organizations that are small to medium sized or nonprofits, they're, they're too expensive, right? You really can't, yeah. can't, can't uh, work with those, some of those folks. Um, so that's where DI ProFinder came from. We said there, there, there has to be a better way. Um, and, and we decided to build the thing that we wish we had. And, and that was a, a year and a half ago. So today we have over 120 consultants on our site, which is super exciting. And, uh, and a growing base of HR leaders that are using our site as a, as a resource for their work. That is incredible. And congratulations because over a year and a half. So that was like during the thick of, you know, the pandemic too, when people yes. were, you know, reinventing the wheel, like, because they're like, okay, I can't do what I normally used to do. So now I need to do some of the things online. Mm -hmm. And then we saw that more people were going to, you know, not just the hybrid model, but the remote model. And they're like, you know what, I don't need to be in the office. I'm going to do this a hundred percent remote. So then we started to see how the market became more populated and saturated but how did you know who was really a part of your tribe? And I like how you uh, mentioned your wife is a clinical psychologist and that leads into psychological safety with DE, DE and I. And I also want to throw in the B because oftentimes people forget about the B, which is belonging. You can't have diversity, equity, and inclusion without having a sense of belonging and making sure that the people are not just seen and heard, but they also have a chance to play in the same space without any exclusion. Because let's be frank here, sometimes with DEI, sometimes there is a sense of exclusion in, instead of inclusivity, because then we begin to create our own little pockets of people who are doing certain things. But then we're like, okay, yeah, we're doing the do. But then are you really doing the do if you're not really expanding your reach and bringing in more people? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, based on what I just said there, let me know if you want to piggyback off that and talk about how y'all weave in psychological safety, because I think that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's that's a great segue. And I and I completely agree with you on the belonging piece, because if you if you look at DEI as three diversity, equity, and inclusion as these three separate things or or strategies or tactics then and living in a silo right then mm -hmm. you really aren't making cultural shifts or, or or change but belonging then is the connecting glue between all of it right and ensuring that you're leveraging diversity and and leveraging inclusion and equity to create a culture where everyone feels uh like they can contribute and are valued yeah i love that um so psychological safety is uh, just to, to define it quickly, because this this is one of the things that we do in our work is um, demystify <laughs> what what psych safety is, because uh, it, it's become a bit of a buzzword 
recently. So psychological safety is a, a creating a workplace where people feel uh, safe, right? That's why that term is in, in the word, to challenge the status quo, to answer, or excuse me, ask questions, no matter what kind, silly uh, or or not, or manage managing upwards and downwards and sideways, um, but also to take risks because without innovation, without risk taking, then you you can get to innovation and creativity. Um, so so when you focus on psychological safety, it's about uh, creating a, a space where people are allowed, if, and if not, better yet, encouraged to uh, try new things and to. Um, uh, not do the, the things that that have always been done, right? Without mm-hmm. without questioning it, and it it avoids things like groupthink, right? Because it, and we've all been there. We've been in meetings where uh, we've had we've been in a situation where psychological safety was la- was missing or or not yeah. or lacking, and uh, someone says something, and then everybody just agrees with that thing because um, <laughs> people are afraid to to disagree, right? They don't they don't they're afraid of of the uh, confrontation that might come come of it or 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 having a, a difficult conversation but where psychological safety exists you you actually are are encouraged to lean into that discomfort and say oh, i expect you to disagree we're all human and we're all unique and we all have different lived experiences and perspectives and uh, if when you do the math we are going to disagree most of the time right like there's going to be differences so so lean into that because that's going to make us better and and doing that in a way that it's respectful right and it still honors people's dignity and humanity and 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 it's not about who's right or who's wrong or or putting one idea down and and uh etc but it's it's about just being able to contribute um and then leaders have the added responsibility of being able to navigate that space right to ensure the safety of everyone involved so it's not easy it's it's a lot of work and there's a lot of different like so we focus on the leadership level the lever because that's really from my perspective the the leaders are the folks that can make the most impact on psychological safety but it's really everybody's responsibility from the individual to hr to high level leaders um, everyone plays a role in creating psychological safety in the workplace but leaders i think have the most influence yeah. And so I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of that because even though leaders have the most influence with psychological safety, sometimes they have the title of leaders, but they're not truly a leader. They may mm-hmm. have been promoted to that leadership role, but they're still lacking maybe the people connection and et cetera. So we need to really open these conversations up and let them see that psychological safety could be the safety net to bridge the gap with the conversations. And just because you're at the top does not mean that you need to disconnect from the people at the bottom who's really doing the work and how can we find that sweet spot to engage in those difficult conversations. And let's think about like the whole, you know, stop stop Asian hate movement, the whole Black Lives Matter. Now we have the war with Israel and um, Hamas, right? And all of these things that are going on, Russia and Ukraine. But I feel like, are we getting to the table and just engaging in it where we're like, let's stop the line and we're stopping the line in a safe space, meaning that we're not going to put down one idea over another, but we're going to have these conversations because sometimes I feel like leaders and I've been at the leader role. And then I've also been at the role where I'm an IC individual contributor is like, sometimes we see things as a check the box to merely check off the things to show, okay, yeah, we're meeting this mirror or whatnot. But when it comes to being 
being squeezed in order to like squeeze out all the juice out of the lemon. Sometimes we're already wearing so much hats and we already have so many things on our back that we're like, you know what, I'm just going to do the do and just go through the motion. But then you have to take a step back and say, how am I leading? And am I leading effectively? Like, am I I'm having an open door policy? Am I doing 360 feedback where, you know, my direct reports are giving me feedback just as much as I'm giving them feedback? Am I, you know, having like a coffee chat style where we're talking about the things that are going right or wrong that may spill in over into the workforce? Because, you know, some people, they they cannot separate, you know, work and home. And sometimes they do bring that to work and, you know, then their performance may be off or other things may be mm -hmm. off. And then we see, you know, different things that are happening that if we just put the the human instincts and the humanity back into human connections, I feel like we could really move the needle further and it's sad to say that sometimes leaders they forget that and they're like I'm a leader and I'm le I'm leading the best I can but are you if you're not allowing people to give you feedback or if you're not you know taking a step back what what would you say to that one yeah yeah great great points so a couple of things can come to mind as you were came to mind as you were sharing so one is uh the idea of uh, management versus leadership, right? And when when we when we hear the word leadership, we think about uh, uh, authority and accountability, and and uh, management skills also come to mind, which are managing people and managing projects towards deadlines and certain outcomes, right? It's very methodical and tactical. Uh, but to your point, I love how much you emphasized the need for leaders to also focus on the human aspect of 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 the workplace, right? Because at the end of the day, it's people that are doing this work. It's people that are getting us to, to our, our goals or, or these desired outcomes. So if we don't pay attention to that, then, uh, those the, the people that are, that we're working with are going to, are, are going to feel devalued. They're, um, they're they're gonna they're, they're not gonna be seen or heard or feel seen or heard. So they're either gonna leave or what we're seeing a lot of recently is is the quiet quitting. Right? They're just gonna to your like you were saying. I'm just gonna do what I got to do, put my time in, and then I'm gonna go. But it's not there's not a deep level of engagement there. So one of the things that we do with leaders to grow that muscle is uh, focus on emotional intelligence. Right? Uh, really understanding um, themselves. Right, they're, so they're increasing their self awareness so that they can understand better um, other people uh, and and, and the, specifically the people that they're they're managing. Um, that also comes along with like uh, focusing on empathy, leading with empathy, and um, you know not always being so business driven. But like when you're having one on ones with your direct reports, ask how they're doing, ask how things are going at home, and how the external world is is impacting them because you just never know. How, how someone is being impacted by something going on in their life or in the news or uh, anywhere, right? And just asking the question, it doesn't mean that this is where some pushback that I get here is like, oh, well, I'm not a therapist. I don't, that's not my, <laughs> my strength. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we know you're not. Uh, and it makes a big difference when you just ask the question, like show that you care um, and and create a little bit of space for for that individual to to just share. I don't think anybody is is, look, is going to, <laughs> expect their leader to solve all their problems but if they're if they know that their leader care cares yeah. about them then that goes a long way yes I love that and one of the things that also help 
is leaders connecting with your HR um, personnel and your staff, whether you have a dedicated person that is your HR rep or you have a dedicated team, like asking them, how should I go about you know, engaging in these conversations, especially if maybe you're a first time leader and mm -hmm. you don't have all the training and stuff. There are HR people out there to guide and coach you along with how to go about these conversations. There's also um, Strength Finders and Clifton Strengths and uh, Myers Briggs and different um, assessments that you could take to know what your work style is and your personality style. And you can have your team members do that so you could see how best to interact and engage with those individuals and that um, builds stronger cohesion. And when you have that stronger cohesion, your team is going to show up for you just as much as you show up for them because they feel like there's really synergies there and it makes it easier to have these difficult slash courageous conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And also let's think about ERGs here, which are the employee resource groups. Whether you're a small to medium to mid-sized company, you may have something or you may need to create something, mm -hmm. but make sure that if you see somebody that you don't think they will fit the ERG, still invite them anyways, so they could kind of come in and understand some of the things that y'all are talking about, because when they're able to hear and listen and process it, then they're able to see it from a different vantage point and a new perspective. So they know how to address certain things, or they could be more inquisitive and ask you, so tell me about this. This is what I heard when I went to that ERG. And I think that also opens up the room for more conversations to be had. I love that. I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned those assessments because that's the, those are tools that we leverage often. And I there are a lot of light bulb moments. I, I like to tie those assessments directly into the diversity and inclusion work, right? Because diversity is is infinite. Like it's not just about our race and our gender identities or what, you know, the, like the, the, the more popular uh, uh, topics around diversity, but it's really about uh, like the way that we think and the way that we process information, the way that we like to communicate or the way that we prefer to do work. So strengths finders and Myers-Briggs and DISC assessments, those are all great tools, not just for you to do for yourself as a leader, as you're learning about yourself, but to do with your team. And then I'm going to plug in <laughs> the uh, ProFinder here because we have a number of consultants in our directory that are StrengthsFinder certified, um, also DISC, a handful of DISC folks that that can come into your organization and help you understand what uh, what the the makeup of your team, how how what it means, right? Like how to leverage uh, the individual strengths on your team and how to make sure that you're working well together. Because it's one thing to be aware of your strengths and, and 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 growth areas and for your team as well. But then how do you leverage it to ensure that you're working in the most productive way? So, and you might need help if you do, check out our directory for that. Yes, and let's talk about team building because, you know, since people have went from the traditional in the office to hybrid to remote, how can we really engage in those team building activities to keep the momentum and um, build up the morale while including DE and I? Yeah, I love that. So there there are so many platforms have come online <laughs> since uh, since the pandemic and, and since most companies went remote over the last few years. Uh, so I and I've done a lot of things myself, even with my teams um, that, you know, when you think about team building, 
the traditional team building was like ropes courses and trust yeah. falls, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> but now with in, in a virtual environment, you could do um, a breakout or what do you call them? Uh, escape right. rooms. Oh, yeah. Escape yes. rooms, uh, virtual escape rooms are a lot of fun. I do. I don't know if you can see it in my background. I've got a couple of paints, paintings up here. That yes, I've seen them. Yes, online painting classes are a hit. And, and there are a couple of companies out there that will ship out the materials uh, ahead of your scheduled uh, painting class. So it's like pretty seamless. Um, and I've done, I did that one actually with a global company and, and everybody got their materials in time. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, there's a, anyway, a number of places and I'll, I'll, I'm happy to share links with you so you can include in the, in the show notes, but I think um, getting creative uh, about uh, how to build connections and have have fun together. That's really at the end of the day, like um, my wife uh, likes to say that laughter, right? And humor um, releases uh, the the good and positive hormones in our brains. I think it's dopamine. Yeah. Um, so when you do that together in a group, uh, you bond faster and, and you create uh, sort of long lasting memories. Um, so make sure as a leader that you're, you're sprinkling those opportunities in um, once a quarter even would be uh, really, really cool to do that. And because again, it's it's mostly virtual now. Um, the the costs are pretty low, uh, considering you know the what you get, um, and there are just tons of resources out there. And then one other plug, one other thing I would say is, ask your team. Uh, when you bring in the diversity, right? There's like not everybody likes to paint, uh, mm -hmm. so make sure you ask your team like what what would they like to do, or give them a menu of options and see what people would prefer, um, just so that they can get involved in that process too and have fun. Yes, y'all, like you can even do it like a survey monkey or a job yeah. form or whatnot to pull the team to see. Um, one of the things that, that we do in my day job is artful moments where mm -hmm. um, you do like either an improv um, style thing or you listen to music for 50, it's always 15 minutes on a Friday. We listen to music. Um, we did like a blackout poetry where they send out a poem and then you black out the different words words in order to write your own poem which has been really cool and there's a lot of different things that they do and whenever I went back into the workforce after taking a sabbatical after I had um, my daughter I was like oh this is different and I switched <laughs> industries I went from oil and gas which I knew for 12 years to healthcare. after mm. losing my father to medical negligence I just felt like mm. that was my way of giving back um so I just love how you could just really incorporate those things. And some of your coworkers, you don't even know, but like they just show up and you meet them and then like, boom, there's like a connection right there. Yes. So I just love that. So y'all really consider that. And if you're listening um, to this recording now or you're watching the video, I challenge you to go out there and bring some of your team members and other people in the organization together. Um, one of the other things I want to ask about is <laughs> here is creating and maintaining. We're going to go back to that psychological safety on teams because I know that's something you hit on. Yes. Because we have to create it, and we talked about this already, but we need to maintain it so mm -hmm. we can know that, okay, we're not going to be on a plateau, then flatline, then it just drops off. And then people right. are like, we did all this work for this? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad you asked about that because that is, uh, in many ways, the harder part, right, of this of this journey is maintaining the what you've created. And, and a lot of people don't think about the need for maintenance because um 
you know, they think, oh, we, we put the systems in place, we've got the policies, we, you know, we're good. Um, but the reality is that one, people forget that those policies are there, or if, if you're not practicing them on a daily basis, but also any time that a new person joins your team, if there's a leadership transition, if, if there's any kind of drastic change in the organization, psychological safety is 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 a challenge, let's call it, right? Mm -hmm. So so you have to be very intentional about maintaining it as you go along. And it's not, I um we like to say that psychological safety isn't a destination, like it's a journey. Like you're never going to get to a place where you're like, oh, we got it. So we're good. <laughs> it's really like a daily practice. Um, and and just a, a place like you, you that you're always trying to uh achieve to maintain. So and I, like, that up. and I love the fact that you said if someone's new. So y'all, if someone is new, don't make them feel excluded because they're already coming in from a different organization and they're learning about your organization. Mm -hmm. So ask them, hey, I know you're you're new. Like, do you have any ideas from the outside looking in that that can help us, you know, with what we already have established. Let's talk about it or whatnot. Or don't be like so quick to shut them down. Be like, okay, that's where you came from, but that's not how we do things right here. Because mm -hmm. then they're not going to be open to sharing their ideas because they already feel like you have closed them off. So keep that in mind, like bring them in versus pushing them out. So um, now we're going to jump into the CTA, which is the call to action part of the segment. And this is where you drop your links and you give homework here. So first I'm going to start with homework. So what good is listening, y'all, if y'all aren't going to take what you heard and apply it to your life? So what is the homework for the audience today, Juan? Thank you so much. This is great. So uh, <laughs> I love giving out homework. So I would say sort of the lowest hanging fruit, um, if you're a leader of people, or if you want to be a leader of people one day, work on yourself as much as as much as possible and, and, and start by just getting to know yourself better. I wish this is one of the things that I wish I had done earlier in my career. So we mentioned strengths finders or the Myers-Briggs or the DISC assessment. Do one of those. You can find free versions of those online, but they're actually not that expensive if, if you've got, you know, some uh, maybe professional development funds or or uh, just some, some extra cash. Um, to, to take those assessments because they will help you learn so much about yourself. And then that will help inform the kind of leader that you want to be and how you show up for your team. Um, and then what was the next one? And how, like, yeah. And how yeah. can they connect with you? Like tell them where you primarily hang out on social media and okay. drop your main website link. Beautiful. So, yeah. So I hang out on LinkedIn. That's my that's my hub. <laughs> Mostly, I I dabbled with Facebook, but I never kind of uh, maybe it's one of my goals for 2024 to get more active on on Facebook. But LinkedIn is where I'm at. Uh, so Juan Taveras, MBA SPHR is how I different because there's a few Juan Taveras's out there. But I'll send you the link. And then our website is uh, www.dei for diversity, equity, and inclusion profinder.com. So DEI profinder. Dot com And there's also a link in there to our course around psychological safety, if any leaders are interested in taking that. Amazing. And y'all, all of the links will be in the show notes and they will be hyperlinked. So there's no excuse for you not to connect to Juan on LinkedIn or go check out his website to see some of the incredible things that him and his wife have going on and the people that are within their network. Because if you want to go 
fast, go alone. If you want to go fast and further, you go with a team of folks because we're we're better when we are united and connected. So keep that in mind because none of us was meant to do life alone and we're not meant to do business alone. We're meant to do it in partnerships and those partnerships is what creates synergy. So really think about that. And if you're in an individual contributor right now, you can always go to your supervisor or um, your leadership and say, hey, I heard about the strength finders and I'm wondering, is there anything in the um, training and development bucket pool that I can use to enhance my skills and, you know, learn more so I can become a better asset to the company. And always, not only are you getting something out of it, but always share what the company is going to get out of it in return. What is their ROI, return on investment, by paying for you to attend certain classes, take certain certificates, certifications and etc. So really think that um think about that and keep that in mind. And the lastly the last thing I want to leave y'all with is don't be afraid to seek out a mentor. You can ask for a mentor while still being a mentee to that individual because they're going to learn from you just as much as you learn from them. And even if that person is a C-suite executive and you're not, reach out because people are always willing to give out information. They're just waiting for somebody to ask and someone who's going to ask and be willing to take the information in. So I think that's another big nugget. Do you want to drop a wisdom nugget one? Mm, I like that one, being a mentor. So so I would say the flip side of that is also true. If you don't have a mentee, then then make yourself available for one, right? And and because we 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 always we're, we're often we're looking ahead, right? How can how can I grow and how can I develop myself? But part of that process is also helping others get to where you are today, right? So you are an expert or or at least have that lived experience that that got you to where you are. And there are people that would love to be where you are. So, uh, you know, looking back and and finding someone um, that maybe is in a, where you were five years ago or something like that, <laughs> someone you can support along the way, just so you can grow that mentoring muscle as well. Yes, I love it. And there you have it, y'all, Gemsters. You just heard from Juan Taveras, and I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp. Make sure you follow, subscribe, and leave a review on the platform that you're listening. And my big ask is for brand sponsors. Yes, it is paid sponsorship, so we could fuel the mission and movement, which is to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in my favorites, D-E-I-N-B, which is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging because as I told you, it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So make an imprint that's driving an impact for future generations to come. And it starts with you today. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one.